Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Nick Carlisle here, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Enchanted podcast, where I tend to nerd out on all things faith, health, interesting, and optimizing. If you're not already following me on Instagram, at nick.carlisle, that is, go ahead and find me on there, hit that follow button, send me a DM perhaps. I am very active on the gram and would love to connect with you personally. This episode, as always, is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. I have a free 30-page eating guide on there. I have some links to some of my favorite products. I have some hoodies and some shirts I designed. The Truth Pack is on there as well. So go check all of that out. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's get into it. In the last episode, I led with M. Scott Peck's definition of mental health, which he said is, quote, an ongoing process of dedication to reality at all costs. I then went on to define reality at its most fundamental level as the kingdom of God. Reality is the kingdom of God, the common foundation that we all share as we meander about in our existence here on earth. The kingdom of God is constantly among us. So putting those two things together, M. Scott Peck's definition of mental health and my definition of reality, here is the best definition of mental health that I know of. And I would even venture as far enough to say that this is the best definition of the meaning of life or for a meaning of life or a life enchanted or abiding in the vine or human flourishing, all of those things. This is a universal definition that is the heart of of what it means to be a human in this world. Here it is. An ongoing process of dedication to the kingdom of God at all costs. The meaning of life is an ongoing process of dedication to the kingdom of God at all costs. Mental health is an ongoing process of dedication to the kingdom of God at all costs. Human flourishing is an ongoing process of dedication to the kingdom of God at all costs. A life enchanted is an ongoing process of dedication to the kingdom of God at all costs. And it's not by coincidence that this is also exactly what Jesus himself tells us we must dedicate our minds to in Matthew's biography of him. In chapter 6, my man JC is posted up on a mountainside, which you already know has me fired up, total Life Enchanted vibes there, and he is delivering his most famous sermon to a crowd below him. The crowd is full of Jews and Gentiles and women and men and children and people of different professions and socioeconomic backgrounds. It is a diverse crew, much like the world that we live in today. And in that sermon, known as the Sermon on the Mount for obvious reasons, he basically just sits there, Jesus, and outlines the reality of human existence, like 
hey, let me break this all down for you guys real quick. You've had it all wrong. I was sent by your creator and here is what's up. And then he proceeds to deliver the single most profound and helpful TED Talk to ever exist. And in the middle of that sermon, he starts to highlight and discuss the things that we all tend to dedicate the vast majority of our attention to, the things that consume our lives, like our appearance to others, our security, our food, our basic needs and necessities, our worries, our fears, and so on and so forth. And after he goes through all of those things, he provides us with a simple, concise powerful truth that is the ultimate solution for everything that we are facing in our life. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the exact summation of the definition of mental health and human flourishing and the meaning of life that I provided you with earlier. Seek first the kingdom of God, a.k.a. have an ongoing process of dedication to the kingdom of God at all costs. So what is this paradigm, this reality, this kingdom of God that we must constantly seek and dedicate our attention to? Well, that's a loaded subject, and this could easily be a 10-part series for the podcast, But from the reading and research and learning that I've done, I'm going to do my best here to try and synthesize what I've learned about seeking the kingdom and what it looks like and means for us. So right before Jesus begins his three-year ministry, my man John the Baptizer is out in the wilderness eating raw, organic, local honey and whatnot, super optimized. That's a whole nother podcast, though. And John begins to tell the people who are following him, hey... It's time to change your mind because the kingdom of God is now at hand. It's here. It's among us. And he was, of course, referring to the life and ministry and power of the Father through the Son, Jesus of Nazareth. So the first and most important thing we need to understand here is that this thing that we are seeking, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven or the range of God's effective will or God's power or the presence of God, these things are all synonymous, by the way, this kingdom we are seeking is here in the present moment of every single instance in our life, and it is never going away. That's the most important thing to understand. We perpetually live in the established kingdom of the creator God that is but also is to come. It's both the now and the not yet for us. Paul says in Romans 8.38, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And Jesus himself later in Matthew's gospel says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Another name for Jesus, by the way, is Emmanuel, which literally translates to God with us. And then jumping back to the Old Testament real quick, There's tons of examples of this, but one of my favorite passages, Psalm 23, he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me, Lord. You are with me, Lord. These and hundreds of other verses throughout scripture point to God's omnipresence with and in and through his creation for eternity. 
This is a completely God-soaked world that we live in, ladies and gentlemen, a God-bathed and a God-permeated world, a good, beautiful world that was created by a powerful, magnificent, loving, benevolent, supernatural being. After he created all of this, he says in Genesis, quote, it was all very good. It was all very good. We are his unique, specific, very good creation. Paul says in Romans 11, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. Or later in Colossians, he says, for in Christ, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things, all things, all things, all things, all things, all things, unquote. So Christ, or God's presence, or his kingdom, or his power, or the range of God's effective will, is once again omnipresent, meaning it's always available for us to seek out and be mindful of. And that right there is the key to all of this. I love how Dallas Willard puts it in one of his most well-known lectures. I'll paraphrase a bit, but he basically says, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is simply God in action. That's what the kingdom is, God in action. So if we seek the kingdom, we are basically just seeking God in action. And what does God in action look like? Well, if we look at Paul's teaching in Philippians 4, we see that God in action is whatever is noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy and so forth. We are told to dwell on these things, aka seek these things and abide in these things because they are good and they are from the Father. So that is the roadmap for the ongoing process of dedication to the kingdom of God at all costs. Having the ability and awareness to recognize him, discover him, abide in him, and worship him in all that we are doing and seeing and feeling and experiencing as we go about our days. And what does he look like? We look for whatever is noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Richard Rohr says it like this, quote, We cannot attain the presence of God. We are already totally in the presence of God. What's absent is awareness, unquote. Here's a few more illustrations of this brought to you by my guy, Father Tom Brinley, uh, who I had the pleasure of hearing speak last year at a men's retreat in Northern California. First, Father Tom used the analogy of a one-story home versus a two-story home, where traditionally people think that our relationship with God is like the two-story home. He is upstairs in his kingdom, aka heaven. We are all downstairs, aka on earth, and he is just constantly looking down on us, observing us, judging us, and basically just acting like the police in the sky. When in reality, we actually live in a one-story home with the creator. He is in the kitchen with us. He is in the family room. He is in the bedroom. He is in the being of our kids and in the being of our spouse. He is with and in our friends. He is in our conversations. He is in our flower pot. He is constantly present in everything that we are doing. His kingdom is presently among us and living through us at all times. 
the next thing Father Tom said that I dug was this idea of Christ's name and how it changes in regards to whatever circumstance or situation that we find ourselves in. And that when we are in these circumstances or situations, we need to develop the ability, again, the awareness to look for it and identify it, a.k.a. seek the kingdom and identify his name within whatever we are doing. For instance, in the hypothetical scenario, when I am in a disagreement with my wife, completely hypothetical here, uh, Christ's name for me in that situation might be patience or grace or humility or selflessness or forgiveness. Or say that you are slated to do some public speaking, which everyone hates. His name for you in that situation, as you are about to go on stage, as you are getting up there and lecturing or teaching or whatever it is, his name for you in that situation might change to courage or peace or confidence or mental clarity or focus or some type of combination of all of those things. Do you see how rad that is? I love the what is Christ's name for this framework. It's an easy way to seek the kingdom in whatever we're doing. Father Tom went even as far to say that Christ's name for him is tire traction. I said tire traction as he is riding his motorcycle on a windy road. Amazing. Here's a quote from David Benner that says it better than I ever could. Quote, Our challenge is to unmask the divine in the natural and name the presence of God in our lives. Our challenge is to unmask the divine in the natural and name the presence of God in our lives. So take a second here, seriously, I'm talking to you, the listeners, take a second here and start to reflect on what you have to do today or what you did this morning or whatever. And I want you to think, what is Christ's name for me in that situation? What was Christ's name for me? You can project yourself into the past or in the future, whatever's clever. But I want you to name where specifically God's kingdom is manifesting in that situation. So take 10 seconds here and think of something. Beautiful. I love that little exercise. Now, what if you did that every night before you went to bed or in the morning as you were thinking about what you had to do for that day? The formal name for this type of practice is called the prayer of examine, where you reflect on your day to unmask the divine, which helps you be more present in the future and more aware of it. You can do a simple Google search on the prayer of examine uh, if you want to learn more about that and nerd out. There's tons of good stuff out there on it. But just so that I am absolutely clear here, I am not trying to convince you that you should only be seeing butterflies and rainbows as you go about your days. Please do not get me wrong in all of this. In this world, there is suffering. There is evil. There is fallen, destructive human and demonic will constantly at play, opposing God's perfect intentions for us. And these things cause misery and hardship and pain and loss and grief and hate and sin and guilt and burden and shame. That is real life. That happens. One author says it like this, quote, The truth is, is that God is found in all things even and most especially in the painful, tragic, unpleasant things. Jesus was the suffering Savior who knew every temptation and negative human experience that we could ever know. God's heart contains every conceivable human emotion. It contains us no matter what we experience. The omnipresent Christian God whose company cannot be evaded by going to hell, the depths of the sea, or the heights of the heavens is a God who is present to us in every moment of our 
life, unquote. Again, someone saying it much better than I ever could. But with all of that said, you need to know that overall this world is good and overall the plan for you is good and the plan for creation is good and eternity rests softly in the hands of its joyful, loving creator. He has a specific purpose for each and every one of us that unquestionably leads to eternal goodness and fulfillment and rejoicing and satisfaction. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The overall vision for your life is nothing short of perfect, ladies and gentlemen. And the Father is here with you in every single millisecond of your existence to help lead you and guide you to eternity with him. He wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to abide in him so that you can experience all the love and joy and peace and hope that he so generously and constantly supplies. That right there is the underlying current of the reality that's flowing through every single moment of our existence. And it's up to us, once again, to open our eyes to see it, to develop the awareness, to find the triune God in everything and in everyone around us. Not only in the intense spiritual experiences that we rarely have, but more so in the ordinary, seemingly mundane tasks and interactions that fill up the majority of our days. He is there. He is here. His kingdom is waiting to be noticed in those things. He's calling you to live a life full of love and peace and beauty in his presence. All of this is why I have such an affinity for the teachings and minds of Christian mystics throughout the ages, which is a label I would love to identify with, a Christian mystic, right? I might have to put that in the the IG bio, but I love how John Mark Comer defines what a mystic is. He says, a mystic is, quote, someone who experientially knows what is true of them theologically, Someone who experientially knows what is true of them theologically. So someone who is just experiencing what is true of God in everything that they are doing, a Christian mystic. And I want that. I think we all do. So, friends, I challenge you to uncover and unleash your inner mystic. Let the kingdom of heaven and the various names of Christ fill your minds until the fruit of the Spirit is uncontrollably bursting from your being. Develop an ongoing dedication to the kingdom of God at all costs. Your mental health and your flourishing depend on it. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the music heard throughout this episode. Also, a big shout out to Capital Floats, aka my favorite sensory deprivation and float tank facility in Northern California. I'm a frequent user there, and the experience is always transformative to say the least. If you're interested in floating and live in Northern Cal, make sure you use promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout on their website. You'll save a whopping 40% off your first float, and you will not find that deal anywhere else. Also, in regards to some of the content shared in these episodes, make sure you always consult your doctor before making any sudden diet or lifestyle changes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at nick.carlisle or send me an email nick at mylifeenchanted.com. 